Hello and welcome back to The Real World on CATR 101.9 FM. Um, it's been a really long time away. We've had a very extended hiatus over the summer, um, but we're back. Um, I'm your host, Alex, and today we're broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish Territory from the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Real World is UBC Film Society's radio show where we try to um, just talk about film that is sometimes centered around what the club has scheduled every week, and sometimes it's just kind of what me and other friends want to talk about. And today is going to be one of those days. Um, We'll be talking about Skate Kitchen, which came out last year, just about a year ago, I think. Um... Yeah, and if you're at all interested in like reaching out to Real World or being a guest, we would love to have you. Um, the more the merrier. So definitely let us know if that's something you'd want to do. Um, so today is a super, super, super special day. I have my absolute best friend and life partner, roommate, everything, Rebecca Sherman Hello. here today. Hi, hi, hi. That's and also um, Marissa, our... Uh, promo person for film sock is just sitting in and being a silent observer and spectator so welcome marissa if you want to talk you can yeah so uh i don't know rebecca do you want to introduce yourself a little uh i'm rebecca i am alex's roommate and best friend um we uh are like tend to watch a lot of films at home together Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex is in media studies, so we talk very often about <laughs> different things Late at home. Late night deep talks. Uh, and yeah, and last night was a fun little uh, film that we watched, uh, Skate Kitchen, and I feel like we have a good amount to discuss about it. Yeah. So I'd actually watched it earlier over the summer, um, but felt like, I don't know, the vibe just kind of fit my feelings of going back to school and like summer ending and this kind of kind of I don't want to say end of childhood because I'm already 21 and like that ended a long time ago maybe but there's just kind of like beginning of independence yeah I'd say that I think maybe for people in their fourth year or who are getting ready to like move on to a new stage in their life that can kind of resonate with um I definitely yeah saw a lot of myself in the film and in like the female characters there um but yeah it was it's pretty like emotional but also very like artistic and well shot I think yeah. like there's just a ton a ton of skating scenes I agree uh, and I, I cool. feel that like I'm not a skater mm-hmm, I've neither. never even really stepped foot on a skateboard but it's it's really nice that we can still relate to the characters, mm-hmm. um, the female characters in particular, just their life story and like what what they're going through daily in order to establish independence. I I don't think I go through the same things, but I still am tested and tried yeah. like like they are. Yeah, and and again, even though we aren't necessarily part of skate culture or anything, I think the film doesn't create barriers for us as viewers mm-hmm. from it. It's more using it to show like these differences between the female characters and male characters and how they're like interacting via the, you know, the skate world yeah. and the kind of like tension and competitiveness that exists there. Um, and just like also a lot of uncertainty with that age and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be a fun roller coaster through that. So um, just a little background info. The movie came out, I think, in August of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, uh, oh, it's directed by Crystal Moselle. Who I think she's directed like two other movies. One is called The Wolf Pack and the other, I don't really remember, but she also directed in um, like a Mew Mew clothing advertisement that was like made from the skate kitchen set and cast and things like that so they were actually featured in that um and then as for the cast I know that none of them are well I shouldn't say none of them but most of them are not like trained actors like they're more the skate kitchen is this collective of girls who skate that already exists and the story is kind of pulled from that and the cast also is pulled from that which I think is really really cool um 
in that when we see them interacting, like it's probably pretty real, mm-hmm. like to how they interact as friends. And I was actually reading that Moselle, she had them do beats. So she would take, she'd be like, this is what the emotion that we want to communicate pull that from one of your skate experiences or your experience just in this environment so the actors or the girls did that mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it became so real I think yeah and intimate and how we feel the same emotions that they're feeling at that moment because yeah it's yeah relatable. I guess I don't know I I thought maybe while I was watching it I might feel like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna understand that they're not trained actors like something's mm-hmm. gonna slip and I'm gonna really see that shining through but it's more just like, I don't know, all of their dialogue and everything is just how I feel like I talk with my friends, or especially when I was 18, maybe. Um, it's pretty similar to our real interactions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, some more background plot. So the main character, Camille, she lives in Long Island um, in kind of like a suburb neighborhood. She's a really good skater. Um, but like we already get the feeling that she's very like lonely and doesn't have you know like female skating friends or any kind of group like that um so she follows this group the skate kitchen on instagram and ends up going to new york city to go meet them and they like slowly become this regular thing where she goes to the city and skates around with them and we get to be part of that um yeah so it's just like their friendship evolving and we see like a lot of conflict between like her kind of girl group and then this group of guys who also skate in the same place. Um, so that kind of, yeah, keeps like ramping up throughout the film where we see these differences between them um, and some similarities as well. Um, but yeah, I thought maybe we can start with like the first scene. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a good transition into why she wanted to get more involved with the skate kitchen girls. Mm-hmm. Um do you want me to describe it? Yeah, yeah. that'd okay. be great. So we are shown the bottom half of a person skating at a skate park doing amazing things that I could never do. Um, <laughs> and then we see that it's Camille. Or we don't know her name, but a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she's doing all tricks and kind of the environment is filled with um, men, boys skating. She's the only girl there. Yeah. Uh, and she's doing great, and then she ends up doing a trick, and the board hits her uh, in the groin. And um, it's apparently it's called credit carding, we learn later in the film. Um, and she starts bleeding uh, heavily. A lot, yeah. Um, and Alex and I both put our hands over our mouths, and we were like, oh, gosh, because <laughs> it did not look comfortable. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, that was that was the beginning shot. And she takes herself to the hospital and ends up going home with a limp and can't get on her board. Um, And yeah, when it when it actually happens, like she's at the skate park and this happens, the kind of younger guys who are skating with her. Yeah, they're really young, Um, but they're I don't know, very like obviously disturbed and. They're saying, you know, Camille, you you need to go check that out. Like, she probably started her period. You should go to the bathroom. Um, Yeah, you should go to the bathroom and check it. And And it's just, it's all levels of embarrassing. Like, I can just imagine myself in that scenario. And Well, we see her be like, it's not. Like, this is, she knows her body. Exactly. Um, But it's almost like they they claim to know what's happening, even though they don't even ask or anything. Mm -hmm. There's no, like empathy or like attempted empathy there it's just this assumption oh well she's bleeding she must be on on her period period. yeah and I think that was a great eye-opener to just the idea of a woman in skating like Mm -hmm. her emotions are tied to that her period or like where the blood is coming from must be her period she can't get bruised and scratched just like any of the other guys skating um and that was really frustrating to see in the beginning and I think that made me like connect and hold on to Camille and want her to push through because I was like you you can get just as banged up you can do the same things and she does yeah um so after that her mom is really upset with her and is like you you can't skate anymore um her mom tells her in the car after they go to the hospital to get the stitches out that um like you need to be careful like next time you might not be able to have kids 
which is like very caring i guess of her mom but it hit me like later that that's not something anybody would ever say to their son that and something that we're really thinking about when we're 18 yeah exactly like for camille that's so far on the horizon and she like i don't know that's not at all an issue for her at the moment not that it like couldn't be later or anything or her focus her focus is growing and skating exactly and the fact so. that her mom uses that as the reason that she shouldn't skate anymore, kind of. I mean, of course, she's worried about her safety in general, but it's this risk of not being able to do this task that is, you know, socially defined as as part of being feminine, as part of being a woman. Um, and I think we see that throughout the film, mm-hmm. her mom's idea of what she should be. We get snapshots of like, oh, can I take you shopping for your birthday? Yeah, you, um, should, you should get new clothes. You're so you're beautiful. A beautiful girl. Exactly. Um, and that's great, but I think Camille is not wanting to be seen for her beauty. She mm-hmm. wants to be seen for what she can do, and I think we all relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, so even despite her mom's warning, uh, Camille still goes out to New York City to meet the Skate Kitchen girls. Um, And I just, I really love all of the kind of preliminary interactions they have before becoming a more tight-knit group. Um, I guess, yeah, it really echoes a lot of, like, the anxieties I've felt in joining a new group or feeling like, wow, these people are so much cooler than me or, you know, they get to live in the city and they have this life that I'm not part of. And how do I, you know, insert myself into this world? How do I, like play it cool but also show that i show that i'm interested and that i want to be part of it Mm -hmm. exactly like i loved watching that i think they really did that well and yeah (laughs) oh my gosh it's like both cringy and like hopeful and just a lot of things i don't know made me think a lot about like kind of beginning of college and things like that um putting yourself out there yeah which is you know you'd you'd hope that it's easier by now (laughs) but it's not always and I mean, especially like once we graduate and you kind of have to begin that process again, wherever you are, if you move to a new city or mm-hmm. something that you have to, you know, yeah, put yourself out there, join these groups. And something that I also read is that the director, um, Moselle, she went when she walked past the skate park, she noticed um, just the clothes that the skate kitchen girls were wearing. Um, and she said, I immediately wanted to talk to them Mm -hmm. so she bought them a coffee and they all met at a coffee shop and i guess the big thing was that these women had never sat down with an adult at a coffee shop so they were just excited for that wow and then moselle posed to them like i want to make a film about you guys and they talked about their stories um and it became much more than how they looked and i think moselle even introduces us to them the same way that she was introduced to them Mm -hmm. by how they look and uh they each have independent style it's is incredible, uh, but Camille didn't really fit that. So, yeah, it was just really interesting to see that Camille took on that same route uh, and was intimidated mm-hmm. in that way. But it is a lot more deeper than just how they looked, their relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's really true, actually. Um, I think their – I mean, you were talking last night about their style and especially of the – Ruby. Um, Ruby, yeah, who is kind of like the, the photographer or camera person of the group. Um, but, yeah, her style specifically. I don't know. What did you think about that? I loved it. She would wear overalls and then kind of unbuckle one side of it. And she wasn't wearing a shirt. And she'd be topless and just like with like nipple covers mm-hmm. uh, that were colorful or shiny or sparkly. And it kind of called attention to look at look at me and what I can do. Yeah. And I can be topless just like the other guys at the skate park. And I'm okay showing off something that makes me female mm-hmm. or a woman, you know, in that sense, um, I guess, biologically. But and that was something also in the film that Camille struggled with. Right. She, she talked about when she like went through puberty and started getting breasts and just like how she didn't want them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to cover that a little bit. Yeah. So. I think that's probably one of the first times we kind of see Camille like be vulnerable. vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of like emotionally reveal something about herself. Um, but she 
talks about how her parents split up when she was quite young and she was living with her father most of the time. Um, and then once she, you know, began to hit puberty, she talked about like looking in the mirror and like hitting herself on the chest to try and not have breasts because her body was changing and her, she said her father wouldn't really like acknowledge what was happening or recognize what was happening or talk about it or anything. Um, which was, yeah, she didn't want to change. She didn't want to like see herself growing that way. Um, which I think is like pretty, I mean, I can't say in general that's relatable for all girls that age, but I know like for myself growing up with four brothers and no sisters and my mom was very like non-communicative about body changes and things like that, that I remember even when like I got my period, we just barely talked about it and I felt so like grossed out of myself and just it was just really like really confusing yeah and then you're starting to like physically separate from other people yeah like you're kind of I think when you're young you're kind of all pretty similar you know like you just play and and then once your body changes there's like distinct physical things that show your differences right and then the whole education on periods in general is not great. Mm-hmm. So the idea, like those 10-year-old boys at the skate park, like, oh, she, I know that she got a period because she's bleeding, you know? Yeah. And I think that really makes that distance tough to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. that is something really touched on in the film. Right, as yeah. Well. So, with yeah, Camille talking about her feelings about that and just, like, the relationship that we see happen between, like, this girl skate group and the kind of opposing guys skate group um yeah we're just really shown I guess how like gendered their relationships are and how kind of yeah distanced and distinct they see each other when it doesn't necessarily have to be that way um but I'm trying to think of like some scenes that really illustrate there was a few where they're skating and um the guy group in general it's not even like a guy group it's just the guys in the skate park right they're not really receptive to having women around mm-hmm. um even though they're they're around um they kind of cut them off while they're skating yeah or they're like get out of the way while yeah. you're standing there um and i think a board gets loose uh and kurt she's one of the girls in the group she uh the one of the guys grabs her board and she chases after it. She's like, give me my board back. You know, I just have as much of a right to be Mm -hmm. here as you do. Um, And that was a pretty good scene. Yeah. I think the skate park is definitely a good example of like physical spaces being, you know, very dominated by men Men. in this case Mm -hmm. um, where like the girls can't even stand anywhere without being yelled at or they're having like to chase after their possessions. They're, their things are being taken away without their permission um, or they're being yelled at or harassed or whatever. But yeah, the skate park really acts as this kind of, I don't know, like a, yeah, (laughs) some kind of set or background for this, for the, these conflicts um, that happen, I think everywhere, you know, in office spaces at school and classrooms, um, but none as, explicitly and as like overtly maybe as in a skate park yeah you know where it's like about physical space and and bodies and things like that growth and when someone gets in your way they're stopping you from doing that Mm -hmm. I think I I don't know I can't remember who I've talked to about this movie but I feel like a lot of like guys that I've talked to about it I don't know I, I don't know if it hits them the same way not that it's necessarily like a film catered to women or to female female identifying audiences but but I think in some way like I don't know if I would respond to it in the same way if I were not a woman right you know? yeah no I totally agree I do hope that the male viewers of the film questioned their actions in if they were skaters or even in a workplace with women mm-hmm. were like oh I hope I've never done that. Or if I have, how can I make someone feel more included um, and not make that barrier bigger? Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a good learning film. 
uh, a great uh, like film that we can relate to as women mm-hmm. but then for men uh, a good like lesson <laughs> yeah for sure um i think we can take a quick break on that very heavy note <laughs> and we will be right back to talk more about skate kitchen um so you're listening to citr 101.9 fm and we will be playing um first dove by munya which came out i think this past july the song i really like um, and then Today or Tomorrow by Gal Grayson, who is, I believe, playing a show on October 3rd at the Biltmore. Um, they're opening for Jerry Paper. So if you're around and interested, definitely check that out. And we'll be right back.
CITR 101.9 FM, Cushy Entertainment, and Strange Breed are proud to present Permanence, Strange Breed's debut album release party with special guests Wrong, Fallen Stars, and Kitty Prozac. It's happening September 14th at Redgate Arts Society. This event is all ages, $10 in advance or $15 at the door. You can find out more info on Facebook or visit www.strangebreedband.com. you don't speak cat on friday september 20th catr discorder ubc film society and the blink final project are all joining forces to bring you cool cat chit chat it's a fall mingler and listening party hosted by ubc's three coolest clubs it's free fun and all ages come by the hatch gallery in the nest on friday september 20th from 4 p.m to 8 p.m to chit and chat with some cool cats And welcome back to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, We are back. I'm your host, Alex, in case you missed us. And um, I'm here with my best friend and roommate, Rebecca. And we've been talking about The Skate Kitchen, which is directed by Crystal Moselle from August 2018, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So we left off a bit talking about... um, yeah, like the environment, the skate environment. Yeah, the skate using the skate park as kind of a I don't know what that word a, is. A gendered space? A, yeah, I guess just like a prime a example catalyst kind of a catalyst maybe yeah. to really kind of showcase the like very toxic, I would say, relationship between the like girl group and the guys who skate mm-hmm. there. Um yeah, so we talked a lot about um, physical space and, yeah, just how they can't, I don't know, the girls just get yelled at for being in the way mm-hmm. or um, just how kind of unwanted and unwelcomed they are there, even though, like, skate parks are public places. Um, and we kind of use that to think about um, other places that we interact on a daily basis, like uh, office spaces or classrooms or things like that. Um, that might not be as explicitly gendered, but mm-hmm. still have these underlying um, clicks. Or... Yeah, clicks or these notions of the, not everyone is welcome there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a kind of underlying lack of inclusivity. Um, so yeah, the skate park is kind of a. I don't want to say a metaphor because it's not like it's a real place. Mm, but real place. anyways, it's a it's a good example of mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. Um, so I think we wanted to hit on maybe um, the friendship between Camille and Janae, who's kind of her closest friend in the group, and we see like more kind of emotional, vulnerable moments between them two um, than between the other girls. Right. There was something interesting about the space that's shown. Janae's house is kind of this. Her dad's super friendly, very welcoming. He makes dinner for the girls. He sits in the room with them while they're smoking. He just seems very open. And um, it's kind of this safe space for the girls to go. And when Camille uh, struggles with her relationship with her mom, she goes and stays with Janae um, and shares her room pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really interesting to see Janae. She got hurt when uh, they were skating in this different area and they were doing a jump over like four stairs uh, and Janae rolled her ankle or sprained it. Uh, and that made it so she couldn't skate for a while. And she was inside uh, kind of just sitting around. Mm-hmm. And I found it really interesting because that shows how the skating space outdoors contributes so much to their independence right um and being inside doesn't let you grow Mm -hmm. you know she's in her room all the time so she doesn't get that chance to grow and change yeah Uh, i don't know if you have anything you want to add to that yeah i guess when you're watching it i i don't know i felt like oh 
I don't know, she shouldn't be so upset. Like, she's only out for a couple weeks and then she'll be back, you know? And, and that's what, you know, Camille and her other friends mm-hmm. kept saying to her, like, oh, it's just a couple weeks. You're going to skate again. Don't worry. Um, but we felt... It's still summer. Yeah. But we feel like... I don't know. I guess I began to sympathize more with her once you understand how tied her yeah independence is to being outside and also being with this group and just like feeling left out which I don't know maybe seems really like juvenile but there's all these shots of her looking out of the window and seeing her friends like on the street corner about to go skate to some park or something and she's they're in the same city they're in the same place but her not being able to participate in that activity is like a huge blow to her Mm -hmm. you know daily life and yeah just like she she even says like skating is my life and you know that Camille like you know how much I need to be out there but I don't think Camille really did right she didn't really understand I don't think so yeah and uh something I wanted to add is that when the director was trying to get to know these girls they went to their houses and I think they went to Janae's in particular uh and that was kind of claimed to be this safe zone and what I found interesting is in the film we don't really see too much of the interior of homes Mm -hmm. we see a few glimpses of Janae's space because it's really comfortable and inviting yeah and a few glimpses of Camille's room at her family home with her mom Mm -hmm. uh And I thought that was great because we're seeing that what we touched on earlier, that that skate park is the place where they're growing and gaining their independence. Right. So we're also growing with them as viewers. We're not stuck in the room. But I think it was really painful when we saw those shots of Janae sitting around. It was especially painful because we were stuck in the room with her. We could feel that she wasn't growing or changing Mm -hmm. um, or establishing herself. Right. And that kind of ties us to the relationship with Devin. Mm-hmm. I was just wanted to talk about, about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's this other guy who skates in the same park. Um, he's played by Jaden Smith. Um, his name's Devin. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we find out as the movie goes on that him and Janae have some history where they're very on and off and she's like struggling to get over it. Um, and then Devin and Camille work at the same grocery store. So they, like, kind of form this friendship where, um, I don't know, they just go skate together or Camille begins skating with all these guys to really, like, I don't know if the intent is to push herself, but I feel like that's a big part of it is she wants the challenge and she, like, is the kind of person who doesn't care about injuries and can just throw herself out there. So she finds that this environment is is good for that, I think. Well, and there were some opportunities with Devin and that he was a photographer. Mm -hmm. So she got some really, really sick pictures of her doing tricks and uh, skating. And then the film, the camera guy in their group would film her as well. So it was an opportunity to grow her circle. Um, But I think she's new to this type of friend group. Yeah. And she doesn't know the codes and the rules of the skate park. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always wanted this group of women, this tight-knit group where they all love skating. But because there's beef, I guess, there's um, conflict with the guy group and Devin is involved in that guy group. Um, she can't really fully lean in to being involved in yeah. either one. So she's kind of hiding from her friends that she's skating with all these guys or that she's doing these photo shoots and things like that um which is just yeah kind of amping up the tension between her and Janae where Janae will message her and be like "Uh, are you coming home right after work like let's watch movies tonight and Camille yeah will not respond or will go off with Devin to skate somewhere or do photos or something um which I like it's it's a complicated situation, a situation, and I definitely, like, understand where Camille's coming from. Like, this is all really new to her. And, and she's trying to avoid conflict and hurting her friend's feelings. Yeah, and she's very much, like, vocalized kind of her inexperience, I guess, with guys as a whole mm-hmm. or or navigating those waters and that kind of thing. So I, I think 
like she wants that validation also and it it feels good to her and it's new to her um like we see when Devin takes her to this rooftop where they do some photos with like the Empire State Building in the back and he says um I've never taken another girl up here and she I don't know maybe it's a really tiny scene that doesn't matter but I just notice like the way she smiles and like her guard just goes down she smiles but she like got serious really quickly after the smile. She yeah. wanted to show that that validation meant so much to mm-hmm. her. So, like, it makes her feel good, which I think is natural at that age. And, mm-hmm. like, again, very much contributes to the overall film of or overall message of, like, these very gendered notions of mm-hmm. of what, like, relationships should look like or, or things like that. Um, I think I I, like yelped out loud when I realized that everything that she's doing with this guy group is being documented mm-hmm. and I could just see it I was like shoot she's it's gonna come around right and someone's gonna post someone's a photo, gonna post a photo post a video. it's probably gonna be Devin and Janae's gonna see it yeah so it's kind of this ticking time bomb for a while and we're happy for her we're happy that she's growing her circle but we're yeah. also like girl it's gonna something's gonna happen soon yeah so then the kind of like pinnacle of that conflict it's still, it's still when I think about it, I kind of laugh a little because it's just so over the top, it like is. everyone's reactions. But I guess the history with Janae and Devin was, right. we don't know the story, but it seemed intense. Yeah. So um, we see like Janae kind of come back to the skate park. She's still injured, but she's just like hanging out um, and she's scrolling on her phone and her face just freezes up. And I think as viewers, we kind of know what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like Camille has been kind of caught Caught isn't even a word because she wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong. But in this social sphere, it was Mm -hmm. very wrong. Um, So then, you know, Janae confronts Camille and it turns into this just like crazy screaming battle and people are pushing each other. Um, Basically, all the girls in the group gang up on Camille and think that they should have known better. Like she should have known better. She should have told Janae, which, of course, she should have. and but, her friend, yeah. Her but friend yeah, we also see the, like the more complex side of it where she says, we're just skating. We're just friends. It's not anything. Yeah. And all the girls are asking like, oh, you, you must be him? sleeping with him. If yeah. you're skating with him, you're sleeping with him. Um, you're but, such a they, they called her so many names. Yeah. Um, they're very kind of like slut shaming mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, even though we've seen in earlier scenes in the movie um, that they really pride themselves on being feminist yeah and and reject these like objectifying notions that that seem to happen Mm -hmm. you know in the skate park and Mm -hmm. things like that but in the end like to their own friend and to another woman in their group they just assume that it's about sex and that it's about being an object rather than asking like more questions or trying to better understand Camille's relationship with these guys because we know that it's nothing like it is just friends and maybe Camille does have feelings for Devin, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't act on them. And I don't know if that's in, in like preservation of her and Janae's friendship, but she does just hang out with him as a friend. She has Mm -hmm. never said up until this point in the film, she's never made anything clear. Right. And has just been a friend basically. And I think though that, is those social things, those cues that we're supposed to pick up on when we Mm -hmm. enter a new group of like, there's certain codes, there's certain rules. And Camille's new to that. She doesn't know that. And it's not like it was really communicated well by these girls when she entered this new environment and they didn't say, don't hang out with Devin. They were just like, oh, the the guys suck kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And that was very apparent, but it's like, where's the history? What's the story here? What should she know so that she doesn't get involved with these people? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So after this kind of blow up, um, Camille obviously is not going to be living at Janae's house anymore. So we see her staying at Devin's place, which is filled with a bunch of guys. It's not just like a family house or anything. Um, Yeah, that scene, like, in such a contrast to her living with Janae. Didn't we both say we were, like, we can feel our chest tighten? It was, like, anxious and in an environment that was not welcoming for her, really. Yeah, it's this super messy house, just, like, beer cans everywhere, 
just disgusting, mean honestly. And, Stuff yeah. all over the walls and like we see shots of her trying to sleep on the couch, but all of the guys in the house are watch- switching channels between porn and skate videos and it's just really loud and and the conversation that's happening when she's there just about women. Yeah, and just about people they've slept with or yeah. being really objectifying or about women's bodies and things like that. So yeah, it's a very like stark difference between I guess how her relationship is with between the girls and then moving into this place. Um we can just see how like out of place she is and how, you know, nobody nobody treats her differently either. Mm-hmm. It's like because she's there they don't act differently and mm. that kind of ties in with like being one of the guys this idea of of just being like in the boys club or, well, it's or interesting people to be, hold you to that standard or something because we've talked about this this idea that like rejecting a group of females is somehow gets you in with the guys um and in some instances with friend groups i think and this was the exact example of that mm-hmm. She was no longer liked by the girls, um, and then the Sky group just kind of takes her in very, yeah, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of pushback there, so uh, that was that was interesting. Yeah, it's all very like interweaved. Her, you know, what she talked about earlier in the film about like starting puberty and like rejecting that side of herself, and then now like being accepted as kind of one of the guys. But all of it kind of ties in together that like she not that she feels that it's bad to be a woman or something, but that but there's something there to hide. There's something to be like ashamed yeah. of or that you can't like reach a level of whatever if it's skating or or whatever it is as a woman. Like there's something ingrained in her that is telling her that. Right. Um, And so to be accepted in this group kind of is negating that she's right. like I can make it this far yeah. and I can be one of them and then I think she also realizes that the things that she was physically that she was not comfortable with are something that this group of men like mm-hmm. you know and so then she kind of took on this idea that the parts of her body are an object and not for her right um which is crazy because it totally Uh, opposes her beginning feeling about her body and what she had Mm -hmm. um and we see her in devon's place the first few nights i think on the couch wearing her pants from that day and a t-shirt um and then it kind of moves into as she you know hears more of this group of men talking about women and sees the porn that they're watching um she kind of tests out the waters i think and how her she can use her body and how she's feeling about Devin. Yeah. Um, she decides to wear spandex, shorter shorts, and, mm-hmm. like, a top. Was it his shirt? I think that so, That she put yeah. on? Yeah, she put on one of his shirts and gets in his bed. Um, and he comes back and kind of sees her there, and he's like, what, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, she's not on the couch, and she just said, oh, they're being too loud. Um, and there's a moment where she's looking at herself in the mirror, too, um and looking at what she has and kind of we see the confusion like yeah what what is this meant for uh do i want to do this Mm -hmm. does this is this for me does this make me comfortable is this really for him yeah i think that's Um, definitely a big turning point and she in that scene like she's looking at her reflection so naturally it is very like contemplative and in other parts of this of the movie like we don't see her care about how she looks or like the all the friends go to a party one time and one of the friends like quickly puts lipstick on her which we've never seen her do and yeah she was very like not I mean not confused by the action but it's not something she would have thought of herself so she definitely doesn't see herself in that kind of light so to in that later scene to watch her self kind of explore her feelings about her own body and interweaved with like her attraction towards Devin mm-hmm. um, is yeah it's kind of an interesting growth from the beginning and um, and I think the interaction it ends up Devin is uh, pretty inebriated when he gets back yeah and 
they're a little bit intimate and then he's like wait whoa I see you as kind of a sister yeah and he says you're one of us you're one of us and so I think that was confusing but also a defining moment for Mm -hmm. her confusing that she was like wait I was doing what I thought I meant to do um with the parts of my body that apparently people like yeah um but not the person that she likes Mm -hmm. and then she sees that the acceptance in the group is like I don't know, correlated to not seeing those parts of her body as an object, I yeah. guess. I guess we see also these like different kinds of quote unquote validation that people seek from men or that we're kind of like brought up to be looking for mm-hmm. is like that one of us, one of the guys kind of status, but also to be like seen romantically. Which like need you don't have to have either, and I kind of like wouldn't would not encourage right that, but but it's all those contrasts that we see and how mm-hmm. we're supposed to be and women are supposed to be in films and TV shows, right? And but we see we see Camille like grapple with, with that, that and struggle with that mm-hmm. and be as confused as I think everyone is oftentimes, and especially how those two kind of very different except levels of acceptance interact and how they negate each other Mm -hmm. or interweave and things like that yeah um yeah it's pretty interesting i think we'll take another quick break and then we'll be back to close the show off um but coming up we have um a couple songs from primp which is a local vancouver band where we met the drummer Tay, Tay. who's very awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, we can fit in two songs from there, and maybe another. We'll see. We'll let you know. Um, but anyways, we'll be right back.
Ahoy, hoy! Ahoy, mateys! Feeling lost at sea? Well, don't fret! From September the 16th to the 20th, CITR is running Degree Navigator to get you acquainted with some great local bands. Get your timbers shivered at the station every day at 12 p.m. with Vancouver's most trusty stars. On Monday is Nice Apple, Tuesday, Christina Sheldon, Wednesday, Parlor Panther, Thursday, Harley Small, and Friday, Sigh. Come by to get your sea legs in the vast ocean of local music. The booty will be bountiful if you consider new knowledge about what's happening off-campus booty. Broken Pencil, CITR 101.9 FM, and Discorder Magazine are proud to present Canzine Vancouver, the city's giant zine fair and festival of underground printed arts. Celebrating zines, comics, and works of weirdness. Over 300 on display and for sale. You won't find this stuff anywhere else, ever. Only at Canzine, September 21st, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the central branch of the Vancouver Public Library. It's free, and all are welcome. For complete festival lineup, visit canzine.ca. Hey, welcome back to The Real World on CATR 101.9 FM. Um, We're just in our closing last few minutes here before we check out, Um, but I think you want to say some things about the film's overall feel feel yeah i i just i read a little bit about the shots and then also seeing the shots um they're very close up we're really close to camille's face and also the spaces in the houses that we're in and then also this the skate we see details of the skate parks Mm -hmm. um and i feel like it brought us closer to the characters and created this really intimate atmosphere yeah definitely and I think that helps us relate really well to the story. Yeah, it's really in general just pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think like the sun streaks and yeah, lighting. so much New York City shots of them in the kind of these like sun dappled, golden hour, like really just nostalgic of summer yeah. when you're 18 and I don't know on the precipice of something new, as they say. Um, but it doesn't make the this it feel like a big city. We don't see large shots, really, yeah. of all of New York City. And even we if it's bustling, it's like them skating down the street yeah. in this like tight little pack and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's condensed. Yeah. And you kind of feel part of the family. That's true. That makes the city feel small for mm-hmm. them, you know. And it's not, yeah, not too many locations. It's kind of these places that we grow to be mm-hmm. familiar with in the same way they are. Even them like taking the subway yeah, and like hopping over the thing. I don't know. It's just very, like, you can really see yourself there, maybe. And there's distinct details in each skate park. Mm -hmm. So we're like, oh, it's 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 that that one one again. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, like, I've never been to New York City. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was a a good movie. I would definitely recommend it to anyone out there. Um, Yeah, in our last minute here, I just want to quickly promo the Cool Cat Chit Chat event on September 20th. I believe that's next Friday. Um, I think it starts around five in the Hatch Art Gallery, but it's a collab event between BVP, so Blank Vinyl Project, CATR, and your very own EBC Film Society. So these three clubs have never collaborated before, and I think it'll be a really cool time to meet people, have some free drinks and food and snacks, and yeah, just be fed emotionally mm-hmm. and in Socially. a nutritious way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that's all the time we have for today, but thank you so much, Bex, for being here. Thank you. You will hear more from her 